Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome, welcome back, welcome. people. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. You got it. Hey, Joe, you sit there? Yeah, um, sorry about that. Had a little kid. Um, just wanted to welcome everyone to the show. Um, I am <laughs> going to pass it over to Keith for a second. I'm doing daddy duties. So, Keith, uh, oh, okay. you the uh, intro? Absolutely. Uh, welcome, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Joe. Um, I am Keith. Um, I am one of the hosts of this show. If this is your first time joining us, this is Straight Talk with Joe. This is a place we come and have conversations about what's going on in this life and the Word of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a place to come and, and fellowship as well. Um, I have two co-hosts with me, uh, and uh, the lovely, lovely Miss Monique Calderon is on the line with us tonight. Hello, everyone. So excited to be back. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, you already heard Joe. He's doing daddy duties right now, um, and uh, we know how that can get. Uh, but um, we're going to keep moving forward, and uh, let's start off with a word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now thankful and grateful for another time uh, to just lift your name up and talk about the things of you, Lord, and uh, try to come together in conversation and fellowship to get an understanding of what you will have for us, Lord God. Uh, Let your word speak through us today, Lord God. Uh, this is not about us, Lord God. This is all about you, and we just thank you. Let us have humble hearts and loving, meek spirits, Lord. And we just thank you for this show, and we thank you for the people listening, and the people that's going to be blessed by it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, let's get to it. So tonight, um, we're going to be talking about what does it look like. I know it's a very vague question, but... The the meat of the show is basically what does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit, to have the spiritual gifts and things like that um, in the Christian life today? Um, and we just have a, some text here. Uh, it's coming from Mark 16, uh, verse 17 and 18. Mark 6, chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Um, and it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Um, And I just want to open it up really quick. Um, The way this show works is uh, the phone lines are always open. Um, 
And the, if you don't have the number, uh, it's on the website at www.talktojoe.com. And the number is 516-387-1427. It's um, 516-387-1427. We would love to hear from you. Uh, this is our first show back uh, to complete season three. And uh, just bear with us. But I want to open it up for you guys today. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does it look like to be a true believer um, of the Son of God, Jesus Christ? Like, Monique, what what does that look like in this day and age, you know? What would you say, if you could give, like, a brief summary of it? I would say, um, you know, being a, a true believer in the Lord is um, putting aside religion. And what I mean by that is just really focusing on what Jesus is and what we read time and time again in the scriptures is that Jesus is love and Jesus met people where they were at. And so we didn't cast judgment on people, right? So religion says there's X amount of things we need to do. And if you don't do these things, basically you're going to hell and there's no grace. And Jesus came so that we could be forgiven of our sins, right? Past, present, and future. And so for me, in, being, in this day and age, being a spirit-filled believer means loving people where they're at and knowing that we can't change their minds, whether it's a particular way of life that they're live, living, a lifestyle that they're living, or things that they're doing, that all we can do truly is bring the love of Jesus to them and trust that God, the Father, the creator of the universe, is going to draw their heart towards him. Mm. Joe, what about you? you That's an excellent point. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's an excellent point you brought up, Monique. Um, You know, I I, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, just to expound on it a little bit, um, you know, I think what it looks like to be a true believer um, in today's day and age is it's not necessarily any different from what it looked like to be a true believer, um, you know, when, uh, when Christ was was on was on the earth. Um, I think it more so um, appe- it doesn't appeal to the masses, which it didn't back then, but um, in the aspect of of, of understanding what it means to look like as a true believer is. To love, to love one another, um, and not only to love one another, but to give, and that doesn't necessarily mean uh, financial giving, uh, but uh, giving your time. I mean, it does include financial giving, but giving your time, um, giving uh, the things that you treasure to others, and also to uh, assist those in need when they have no opportunity to help themselves. Um, and once again, all that culminates back to love. And, you know, when, when Christ was on, was on the earth, um, that was his main goal. Uh, well, one of his main goals. Um, the first was to always honor God and keep God first and then to love one another. In fact, that's the two commandments that he left us with. Um, and, 
know, if you look at how the world is today, um, I think people fall away from that. I think people try to put their own spin on um, how you should live as a person versus living as a Christian. And if you could put the two things that Jesus Christ left us with, which was to honor God and put God first and to love one another as we love ourselves, then that would truly be what the true face of a Christian looks like. Hmm. Amen. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, love, you know, those things is definitely key. Uh, but I'll also add in there, um, this was laid on my heart earlier, it's a life of faith. Um, that that word gets tossed around all, you know, a lot, but it's a really a life of faith. Um, according to the Bible, it, it talks about faith is the substance of things hoped for, that is the things not seen. Um, it's, it's living a life trusting in a God or in trusting in the God we cannot see, um, being led day by day, asking God for our daily bread, and we're receiving it with faith. That's something that a lot of people stumble at because we're creatures that like to do things based off evidence and, 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 and science and logic and all these things, which all come from God. But it's hard to give yourself away to the Holy Spirit to say, hey, lead my steps. I walk by faith, not by sight. I don't know what's coming next, but I'm trusting you that you'll lead me in the way I need to go. Um, and that's, a, that's something I wanted to add in there. Uh, if faith is very important, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. And, um, it, it, but it's a concept that I, I think it's so awesome of a concept, uh, but it's something that I, I, it, it, it can be a lot, it can be challenging as well. Um, so point, like, let's go back to love for a little bit. What, as a true believer, how is like love, how should love be outpouring out of us? You know, or how should love pour, how should love be pouring out of us like daily? Um, for anybody listening tonight, is like this day and age, it, it's re- it's really tough to to be a believer because uh, it seems like everyone has a different answer. But regardless of all of that, we're required to love. How do we love in in a in a in a generation that doesn't? That, that that heart seems to be growing colder every day and, you know, well, day by day. Um, I, go ahead, Joe. I, I, I think, I think uh, one of the things that we can do as Christians when it comes to loving one another <clears throat> is having compassion for one another. Out of compassion comes humility, and out of humility comes love. And once again, out of love comes understanding. And and if it and, and speak to speak on understanding, um, you know Proverbs three five and eight. I mean three five and six says, um, I'm having I'm having a geriatric moment. Uh, but to acknowledge God in all your ways, and I'm paraphrasing those two verses. Um, but when you can drop the selfishness of mm. 
mm-hmm. not trying to appeal to you, as in using words as me or I, and rephrase those same words as we and our, that allows you to subconsciously forget about the inner self and reflect on others. And when you start to reflect on others, you start to learn how to be more compassionate towards others, to see the needs of other people. Once again, that that's what made Jesus great. He never looked at the self. He always looked at how he could help someone, how he could do better to help someone. How can he serve? And in today's world, you know, everything can be catered towards an individual, but we're not an individual um, people. We are based off of companionship. We're based off of unity, and we're not based off of division. And if we as Christians can live by example with Mm. understanding that we need to unite as one and become one body and stop bickering and arguing and having these unwarranted discussions regarding things that don't matter to kingdom building principles, Mm. then we will continue to be blinded by what the enemy is trying to do, which is create division and have uh, a selfish nature within the spirit, which corrupts the spirit and in return does not allow love to penetrate within our hearts. So what we're doing is we're having the darkness penetrate our hearts, which drowns out the light of the Holy Spirit. So if we can learn to have compassion, have unity, have understanding for our fellow human being and our fellow Christian, that is one way, a couple of ways that we could teach others how to love in today's society. Powerful. Powerful. Monique, did you want to add something in there? I, Joe, I love that you talk about compassion because I think sometimes as Christians, um, I think some Christians, because they're like, well, it says in the Bible that we're supposed to be acting, there's a certain way that we're supposed to be um, living our lives. And so when others aren't Mm -hmm. living their lives to how the Bible says all of a sudden there's judgment that comes upon them let's take for instance Mm. right now really what's kind of really in the in the forefront which is um transgender for instance and i think for us uh or for many just christians in general saying that's that's wrong that's that's not what the bible says and all these different things but do we understand where they're are we taking the time to understand where they're coming from? Are we taking the time to know that perhaps at a very young age, this child experienced trauma 
perhaps at a very young age, this child wasn't meant to feel secure in their identity. And because they weren't feeling secure in their identity, the enemy came in and perverted um, their mind and made them to feel not secure in, in the gender in which, in which they were born. And, and I don't think at times Christians um, don't, don't think about those things. They're so quick to say, well, that's not right. And, and, and that's wrong. And they shouldn't be living their life like that. And we're not taking the time to understand what's beneath the behavior. And so I, I really think, you know, if we, if we were to be like Jesus, Jesus would meet them right where they're at and love them. And, and it's not up to us to change those people. It's truly God's love that transforms. And so as we love them, that love is transforming, transforming them. It may be a slow transformation. It may be a quick transformation. But nonetheless, it's really meeting them where they're at, whatever it is whether it's lifestyle choices, sex outside of marriage, um, gossip, like whatever, I truly believe it's meeting people right where they're at and, and also understanding for ourselves, trying to understand what's beneath this behavior because that behavior is not them, right? It's not their true mm. nature. It's not their true essence. When God created them, he did not create them with these different types of things. These things were put on them by by the enemy and by the world and 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 maybe even people within their families throwing labels on them and 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 telling them certain things or within specific cultures this is how you're to act or this is a certain way that you're supposed to be doing things and it's counter to the bible but if we don't take the time to look into those different types of things then we're really going to be judging people for things instead of loving them and you know, you know, Monique, mm. you 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 hit on a lot of good points just then. Uh, you know, and one thing that came to mind um, just if, uh, within the scriptures that says, "Judge not, lest ye be judged." And you know, the Pharisees um, at times would uh, try to uh, plot against Jesus or entrap Jesus into saying that he was judging someone. And then, and Jesus in return would say, um, "I'm, you know, I didn't come here to judge." Um, and you know, we can't, you know, to go back to the uh, idea of or the uh, mentioning of what does it mean to be what the, what does it mean to love in today's world as a Christian? Um, how can we say that we love someone? If we're constantly judging other people, um, mm-hmm. you know we we don't know others' situations. We don't know what may have caused that potential person to fall and slip. The only thing that we can be there to do is to encourage them um, and to comfort them and have compassion for them. You know, I, I love the, the the story of the woman at the well uh, because it it it, it can translate into uh, anything uh, in this, and it's generational. Um, and when I say it can, it, it can translate into anything, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, transgender um, or, you know, maybe even adultery or stealing or even murder uh, to that effect. Um, you know, we have all seen, 
you know, the Bible, Bible says it clearly. We have all sinned and fell short of God's glory. And what would our lives look like if God turned his back on us in our time of need, on our time of, of slippage, um, or our time of desperation, as we do or we often do to others who slip and fall or may not even, not even know that they're slipping and falling. They just may not have been taught. You know, we, we claim as you No, know, today's Christians to me seem more like the Pharisees of the old um, because they, they poke their chest out and they, they tout themselves um, as, as they are godly people and they have no faults or flaws. And that's just wrong. Um, yeah. You know, we 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 look at we look at uh, ourselves as Christians and say we 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 can't do any wrong, and we're the biggest hypocrites of 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 of, of all um, religions uh, because we judge, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not what mm-hmm. Jesus wants. That's that's not how Jesus wants us to live. And right. if, if 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 we don't figure out that we need to love one another and we need to live in unity versus trying to destroy one another, whether it be someone's political views, whether it be someone's religious views or just self-identity. You know, walking down the street and you see someone with a funny hairstyle or they're dressed a certain way or they talk a certain way and we're prejudging them, you know, we don't know that person's situation. We don't know how that person was raised. But we have to be there in time of need to help that individual. And without the idea of love and helping and compassion, then you are a Pharisee and you're living like a Pharisee. And you'll be judged on that. Oh. And you just have to pray that God have mercy on your soul. Because you don't want to be like the rich man and you get sent down to hell and you're looking up. And there's uh, Abraham... And um, I think um, who was the other guy? Abraham and um, I forget the other guy. And, and the rich man looks up and yeah. Lazarus, yes. And the rich man looks up and says, "Can can you just you know drip dip your finger in, in water and just uh, let a drop touch my tongue?" He said, "Nope, can't do it." And and then he says, "Well, can you go back and tell my brothers?" Nope, can't do that either. You know, we don't we don't want to be put in that position. So we need to live an honest and righteous life now, and ask God to. And 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 here's the thing: if you don't know how to do it, the beauty about Jesus Christ, the beauty about the Word of God, the beauty about God Himself, Jesus says, "Just ask, and it'll be added unto you." You won't you won't get in trouble from God if you ask. So if you don't know how to love, if you don't know how to talk to people, if you want to stop judging people, if you feel guilty about how you're living, ask God to help you, and he will. He yep. may not do it now, he or he may do it now. Who's to say? But you just have to ask. Yep. Yep. I, I, I agree 100% with that. There's a few points I wrote down. Uh, I agree, you know, uh, it's definitely about humility. Um, and I was just reading Matthew 7 earlier today, and it's really interesting how Jesus said, 
judge not that you be not judged. For with that, ju- for with what judgment uh, you judge, you will be judged, and the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And then he goes into talks about removing the plank out of your own eye, so you can see clearly to remove the plank out of someone else's eye. I paraphrase that. Go, please read Matthew seven. But it's very interesting how he talks about how we should not judge, and then he talks about helping your brother. It's two different things. Like, to me, the judgment is not for us to do. Our job is to remove the plank out of our own eye so we can help our brother and, and, and meet him where he needs to be met uh, to, in order to help him and remove that plank out of his eye. It's, it's not about our judgment to him. It's about actually removing the plank out of our eye and their eye. So it's, it's, it's so much more than just words. It's actually doing something about it. We can judge each other all day, but what does that profit anyone if no planks are being removed, if no wood is be, if no beams are being removed? We're just talking. Um, so that's a really good point. And we have to remember it's, it's God's grace. Um, that that we're saved through faith, and it's it's like all the glory belongs to Him. Uh, if we start to judge and become very Pharisee-like, and we're holier than this person than that person, without that compassion that Jesus had, uh, then we can be very high-minded. We have to be careful of that because that's how pride comes in, and uh, pride comes before the fall. And I really, really like this conversation. If anyone is listening out there, you guys want to add in something, please give us a call at 516-387-1427, 516-387-1427. So let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, We have this love in us, right? And we have the Holy Spirit in us. What about the supernatural aspect? Of God in us. I put a post up last week on the page, and I and I asked this very, you know, thought-provoking question. I said, "Are spiritual gifts still for today?" Um, a large percent of people said yes, and a small percent of people said no. Um, where do you guys stand on that, Joe? Well, I'm gonna let you go first. Well. <laughs> I'm I'm, re- I'm I'm reading this book on how to pray, and um, in it, and I'm I'm working. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm I, I have to Google it because I can't remember. But maybe you guys can help me out. Um, in it, it talks about how Jesus lives within us. The Holy Spirit lives within us, and there are times. When and, and I can't speak for anyone but myself, but um, there are times when I'm praying and I don't even I know it's not me praying. I mean, I, I need well, I, I don't want to say that. I know I'm praying, but it's something that's inside of me, powerful than my natural self. Um. And the Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit lives within us. And if you're a believer and 
you and well, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not judging, but I've even heard pastors say this: if you're a believer and you haven't felt that, then you really need to reevaluate your relationship with God. Um, because God walks within us. God walks with us. He talks to us. He he breathes with us. He teaches us. I mean, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is, uh, I want to say James 4, maybe 19 or the 20th verse. And it talks about how Elijah didn't pray. I mean, how Elijah, yeah, how Elijah prayed for, uh, prayed that it didn't rain for, I think, three and a half years, and it didn't. But then it goes on to say that um, then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. And it says if Elijah was just as human as we are, um, then, you know, what you know, basically what's our problem? And if you think about Elijah, then you have to think about Moses. If you think about Moses, then you have to think about Abraham. If you think about Abraham, then you have to think about Sarah. If you think about Sarah, then you have to think about Peter and Paul and John. And Jesus, I mean, you have to think about all these people that were in the Bible, and these people really did live. They were actual people. David was a real person. Solomon was a real person. And if they felt the Spirit, if Moses saw God's glory, if the priest was in the holiest of the holiest, and he couldn't even go into the holiest of holies because of because God's spirit was so strong. Then, what's our excuse? I mean, these people really did live. These people actually did exist, and you know, I I I I, I, I just don't understand how people say that. They don't or they can't feel the Holy Spirit um, because it's real. And if the Spirit is real and you don't feel it, what's your relationship like? Because that's that's saying I'm. It's like having a long distance relationship. It's like I love you, but I don't see you. So, but so I can kind of dip out on you a little bit because you may not know what I'm doing. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you, you might not understand that that analogy, but um, in essence, it's saying you have to get close to one another in order to really know one another. Mm. You know, I, you know. Go ahead, Monique. I, I think you had something for this too, because I, I'm gonna write down some notes. Go ahead, Monique. Oh, I've got a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, um, in in the Word, I think we very much know this particular scripture, which says, "God says, you know, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, right? He is the beginning and the end, and God." is the same always he is outside of time he doesn't change and so if that is true and that is what it says in the word of god then being spirit filled was not just for those people back then 
but it's for us people right now. And um, I have a whole bunch of different um, scriptures um, that we can that we can pull from. Um, but you know, one of one of which is when Jesus said, um, "You know, it is important that I leave." so that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? This total infilling of the Holy Spirit. Well, if it wasn't all that special, I don't think Jesus would have made, really would have said anything about it. Like people are saying, well, I don't feel it. I've got, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't feel the Holy Spirit. And I agree with Joe. That's, it's all about, personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the more that we go deeper and we spend intimate time with the Lord then we are able to experience the presence of God we are able to experience the Holy Spirit and that comes in a number of different ways in which in which God speaks to us in which we experience the presence um, you know there's uh, the Bible verse I'll bring up here is Acts 2, 16, verses 6, Acts 2, verses 16 through 21. And it says, but this, what was, what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days, it shall be God declares, not me, not Joel. God is declaring this, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders Mm. in the heavens above and signs, signs on the earth below blood and fire, the vapor of smoke, The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes. The great and magnificent day. God has declared this. And he's even saying in the last days. And and we are technically, if you want to, you know, go get theological, technically we're in the last days. Does that mean the world's going to end tomorrow? No. But that means that you know, we, we are fast approaching and we are preparing for the, for the second coming. And so all of these things are coming. And he said this way back when, thousands of years ago. Okay. And so for people to say that that was for those people back then, this Acts 2 verses 16 through 21 totally refutes that because God has declared that. And I think it's so important for us to truly understand I think I think some people may say it because they're not experiencing the Holy Spirit. And so to really call it what it is, people are discouraged. They're discouraged because they're not getting it. And and one thing I can share is that I went on this Holy Spirit journey. I was like, what is this all about? I don't hear God. I'm not hearing him. I thought I would hear his voice audibly. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm not seeing these signs. I, I, I just, I don't know what these people are talking about. But it really took me going into the secret place. What is the secret place? 
That meant I went away. I turned off my phone. I took, I out of sight, out of mind. I did not allow myself to get distracted. And I literally sat in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Monique, how do you get in the presence of the Holy Spirit? Easy. I, I shut out all distractions. And I said, Holy Spirit, I welcome you here. And then I just sat there and I listened to worship music. And I read my Bible. And, and it took me some time. I mean, it took me over six months to really be able, because I wasn't doing it consistently. Like, like we're saying, it, you've got to really, if you want to have an intimate relationship with a person, what do you do? You invest time. Well, it's the same thing. You want to experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit? You've got to invest time in your relationship with the Lord. So you sitting down with your mm. phone right beside you with the television on, you're not going to, it's not going to happen that way. When I finally got serious about it and I wasn't so kind of up and down, literally, I experienced it within the course of three days. When I really sat, no distractions, and I focused in, and, and you've got to be specific, too. What do I want? I started praying. The first thing I prayed for, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here, but I just want to share it. I, the first thing I got was the, I got filled with the, the Holy Spirit, and I got um, tongues. And it was so Amen. crazy and interesting. But that's something I was praying for. I was like, I want to get my heavenly language. I want this heavenly language. I've heard there's so much power in it. So that was the first thing I prayed for. And actually, I only got one word for an entire year. And then after that, it broke forth, and now I flow in the spirit. But after that, I said, okay, well, what's next? What do I want? Oh, I want to get visions. I'd love to get visions from the Lord. And prayed and asked the Lord for it and, and prayed in tongues in my heavenly language to receive the gift of visions. And now I've received the gift of visions. You know, there's, there's power and specificity specificity of your prayers i want to say i want to be filled with the holy spirit what do you want how what gift do you want and 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 seek and ask god for that earnestly and the bible talks about earnestly seeking what does that mean that means that we're really taking the time we're investing the time and we're seeking it and even though we don't get it in a week and even though we don't get it in a month we're still pressing in to receive that gift amen Amen. Amen. You, you guys, amazing. you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That blessed me. I'm writing down notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, guys. If, if you guys are listening in, you know this is a, a testimony of Monique, and and if you guys want to share your testimonies, uh, please give us a call at five one six three eight seven one four two seven. There's a lot of people that are probably listening to this. And they're in the same, you know, boat as, as trying to find out what this is all about. Find out if this is real. It is real. You can't you can't stop the movement of God, and and because He's God. As long as people keep experiencing these things and it's pointing to Christ Jesus, how are you going to stop Him? You can't. We're not making this stuff up. <laughs> why, why would we make this stuff up? <laughs> but that's the thing. Uh, when we were talking. What did you say, Joe? I said it's pointless to make it up because if, right. by making it up, you're going against God's word, and then you become a false prophet. 
And by being a false prophet, then you're working for the enemy. And that's that's not what God is about. Right, right. Uh, I I just really want to share this. Um, This is really, really awesome. And um, I think, uh, before I do that, let's go down. Let's keep going, moving forward. Um, I think, Monique, you might have segued us into... The third segment, which is like the closing remarks, um, I'll just go first really quick. I I love the way to show and the Lord use uh, each and every one of us tonight because when I was listening to you guys, I saw how faith, love, humility, and prayer all, you know, was probably the point of this you know, show tonight, and the Lord put faith in my heart to speak on it, because when we come to God, like Joe said, we have to ask him, but not only ask him, believe that we've received it through faith, like if you go and look at, uh, if you look at Hebrews 11, verse 6, and that's the part that, that is really, really awesome, but it's it you that's the part that probably would trip up the human fleshly mind to believe that you've received something before it actually happened. We we're raised not to think that way, but Christ always operated that way because he, he you know that's how he is that's his being. So verse eleven, excuse me, chapter eleven, verse six. Um, it's impossible it says, to please God without faith. Albert, Right, right, right. But I want to go back to the chapter, uh, the verse before that. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you have to believe that he is and that basically he's going to reward you for seeking him before you've actually got the reward. And that's something that I really wanted to leave with you guys tonight. If you're a believer, you're growing in the faith, you're a babe in Christ, you're trying to get new to this, grow in your faith. Uh, Ephesians, it says, you know, above all, keep the shield of faith that's able to quench any fiery dart of the enemy. Above all, you have to keep the faith of Christ. You have to keep that close to your heart. Don't depart from the faith. Stay close to it. Grow it. Get in the word. Learn about the word. Learn the word. Be around other believers. Be around people that will increase your faith. Because there's a lot of tricks of the enemy that will get you to try to overthink your faith or doubt and things like that. And that's where he does the most damage. Seek Christ, grow in the faith, keep the faith. That's all I wanted to say. Well, um, in Second Corinthians 13.5 it says, Test yourselves whether you are in faith. Prove yourselves. Or do you not realize about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are disapproved? Mm. Um, wow. 
you know, it's so important to know and understand that if you want something out of life, if you want to truly move forward in your life and progress and be successful, you have to learn to live with God, to walk with God, and allow God to live within you. And with that being said, you can't just be within you can't just be in the kingdom and not do any work. And that simply means ask God to give you some gifts. The things that fit your personality to do the things that he needs you to do to build his kingdom. You're not building your kingdom. You're not, you're, you're not doing things for you. You're doing it for him. And, you know, the question was asked within the segment, well, what are your gifts? You know, Monique said it perfectly well. You know, I asked God for a set of skills, a set of gifts that I know that I needed in order to uplift his people and build his kingdom. So I asked God for the gift of prophecy. I asked God to speak in tongues. I asked God for the gift to interpret tongues because it says if you're gonna if you if you're gonna have a gift, those are the three most important gifts to have. Um, and I say that with a caution attached to it. Be careful what you ask for, because just because you have those gifts, it does not necessarily mean that you're going to be walking around here prophesying to people that they're going to be rich. They're going to get a house. They're going to get a new job. Prophecy is just a way of telling someone something that God has already seen. Yes. And that Mm -hmm. they need to be, they might need to be warned. They might need to be prepared. They might need to be readjust some things in their life and take heed to what God is trying to tell them. Now, when you talk about speaking in tongues, once again, Monique said it very well. It's a heavenly language that is used to communicate with you and directly to the Father. There's no uh, uh, answering service. There's no switchboard operator. There's no hold on. This is a direct phone line from you to him but within your spirit self. And the final gift is the gift to interpret that tongue, right? So if you in a setting where you were speaking in tongues, maybe, maybe you were having a conversation with someone and you were prophesying over that person's life. And God says, hold up. They need to hear something within the spirit. So now God has allowed you or given you the ability to speak in tongues, and now they need to hear that direct connection from what the Father said to you, to them. And you can see a shift in someone's life 
when you can bring all three of those together. Now, I'm just not getting to understand why God said it's so important. Because now, say, for example, you needed to prophesy to someone because they may need to be warned about something. Now, you may have warned that person, but God wants to take it a little step further and reveal to them within the spirit that something else might happen and they need to be prepared for that. Now, there's a caveat to all of that being said. No matter what gift God gives you, whether that's the gift of speaking in tongues, gift of teaching, you know, the gift of prophecy, you can't do it to everybody because everybody's not going to receive it. God says, he that has an ear, let him hear. So don't get the gift and then try to use it to your advantage because you may be trying to prophesy to a demon or you may be you may have a vision and they try to reveal that vision to someone else and they might not be on the same level that you're on. They might not even want to be on that level. So before you ask for these gifts, ask God to give you the discernment and the understanding and the knowledge and the wherewithal to use these heavenly gifts because it's not it's not worldly gifts, they're not common gifts. These are heavenly gifts. To use these heavenly gifts to once again uplift and build his kingdom. If you can do those things and stay in the word and live in the word and be in the word and to go back to what we said earlier Use these tools and gifts with love. Watch your life change. Amen. Amen. I I almost feel like this show wasn't long enough to even like tackle this and go deeper. I just want to say for anyone out there who just has more questions and is interested in like what what is this supernatural that they're talking about? Um, we'd love. Um, to if you send a shoot us an email or uh, shoot us a message on our page at Talk to Joe, um, we'd love to go ahead and address those and um, you know have a discussion with you guys. Um, in closing, you know I, you've heard me say it, say this in previous seasons, but it's so true, and I believe that it's just so timely for me to to use this phrase, um, and it's. We are supernatural beings having an earthly experience. And that means that we're being infilled with the Holy Spirit and we are able to receive every good and perfect gift from the Father. And that, that includes, you know, signs, wonders, and miracles, words of knowledge, prophecy, um, having our heavenly language. You know, being able through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of each and every one of us who has accepted the Lord into our hearts, that we, he uses us as his vessels to bring healing, healing to the brokenhearted, to those who have, who have ailments and diseases, that they're true, people are truly being healed of sicknesses. People are truly, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. This is happening. And if, if, you don't, if you don't believe me, there is a crusade going on right now in Nigeria with a, I can't think of his first name, but his last name is Bonky. And there are, are so many testimonies 
of people who came in and were deaf and are hearing, were blind and can see, who came in and have been in crutches or wheelchairs all their life and are they are they are throwing up their people are helping them throw their wheelchairs and their crutches because they can walk now. Like it's amazing. And so as we're we were talking about how people maybe speaking against any of these gifts, I want us to take a look at First Thessalonians five, verse nineteen through twenty one. And it says, this is in the Passion Translation. I just absolutely love the Passion Translation because it really um, is the Father's heart. And it says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test and afterward hold tightly to what has proven to be right. And I love the footnote. I want to read it to you guys. It says, there's an implication in the text that we put out the Spirit's fire when we scorn prophecy. Prophecy is a valid gift of the Holy Spirit needed by the church today. There is no place in scripture or in church history that indicates the gift of, proper, of prophecy has, dece- has seized or disappeared. Let me repeat that again. There is no place in mm. scripture or in church history that indicates the gift of prophecy has seized or disappeared. It is an active function of the Holy Spirit in the church around the world. We must not ignore, despise, or scorn any true gift of the Holy Spirit. Putting out the fire of the Holy Spirit is connected to scorning the prophetic ministry. We need prophets and prophecy to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in our hearts once again, We need prophets and prophecy to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in our hearts. Because just like Joe was saying, prophecy is really pulling the gold out of someone. Prophecy is when we have the ability, the Lord has given us his his eyes to see his son and his daughter. And it is... Prophecy are words of encouragement. And when particular people are highlighted to us and we are given things by the Lord to prophesy over them, many times it's because they may have prayed and said, Lord, I am feeling just so down right now. Can I just get someone to speak an encouraging word over me? And so then you get to go over and prophesy and say, I I see that you, your identity, and I see that you are a, a confident daughter of Christ. And I see that, that you are walking in the path that you should. And the Lord, the Lord is saying that he is with you, that he has never left your side, that even during those hard times, that he never left you, he was there with you, that he cried with you, that those tears were his tears too. You know, when we speak those types of things, that's prophecy. You know, we all have the ability mm-hmm. to be prophets. It's not just like some people, it's that person over there that's at the conference or leading the crusade. Oh, prophet or prophetess. We all have the ability to be prophets. All it is is bringing the gold out in someone. All it is is seeing someone the way God sees them and using our mouths that the Lord has given us, using our voice to 
to speak that love over them. I feel just as in the beginning of, of this episode, we were talking about what does it look like to, to bring Jesus in and, and wherever it is that we go, what does it look like to truly love? Prophecy is a wonderful way <laughs> to bring Jesus wherever it is we go by encouraging our fellow brothers and sisters. And you know what? To be encouraging those who are lost. Because if they are to hear things like that, and you let them know, hey, I actually, I, I hear from God. God speaks to me. And he wanted you to know that he hasn't forgotten about you. And, and he wants you to know oh. that he loves you. And it doesn't matter what it is that, that you've done. That he just wants you to come home. He just wants to be in relationship with you. Like that's going to, that's going to touch people that, that really is going to touch people. And so I just want to, I just want to close with that. Just saying, um, as we, as we go into the secret place and as we intentionally spend time with the Lord and as we are specific in asking what our gifts are. And, and, and I love how Joe said he was seeking the gifts that he could use to bless others or that would empower him in his walk with the Lord. And so maybe you're, you're new to this. Ask God, Lord, what, what is this? Should I, should I be praying for a vision? Should I be praying so that I could heal people? Maybe there's already people in your life that you notice a lot of people are, are sick in your life. Well, maybe then you can start asking for the gift of healing because you're noticing that the, these people are gravitating towards you and you can start praying over them that way. Or there's a lot of brokenhearted people around you and you can start praying for prophecy. There's, there's so many different things. As I said, we'd love to be able to have more discussion with you if you just send us a message. So uh, I just really appreciate us being able to, to chat about this. I, I love this topic, obviously. I'm going on and on, but... <laughs> No, no, no. It's That's awesome. I think I'm going to do the mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Amazing. 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 Um, yeah, that concludes the first show back uh, for season three. Uh, please, please hit us up at straighttalkjoe at gmail.com if you want to, uh, if you have some more questions about the spiritual gifts we were talking about tonight. If you want to learn about how to receive them, hit us up. Uh, Instagram, uh, it's at Straight Talk Joe. Uh, at Twitter, uh, at Straight, S T R 8 Talk Joe. Um, also, if you want to learn more of God's Word, the Holy Bible, uh, also we would love for you to check out www.walkingischrist.com. Um, it's a Bible study. Uh, get into God's Word, learn it. Learn it and apply it and learn how to walk in the spirit and be just like Christ. He said uh, the things that he did, the things we should be able to do too. So keep walking in the faith. Keep walking in love and truth and righteousness. Uh, may the Lord bless you guys tonight and have a wonderful evening. Peace. Get your hands up. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's straight talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's straight talk.